Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the Sports Puzzle Podcast. We're here with myself, Brandon. And I'm here with you, everyone. What's up, sports homies? <laughs> We're Kurt and Brandon are back for another episode, and we are going to break down the divisional round That's of right. the NFL playoffs. Another weekend. Closer to the Super Bowl in Minneapolis, <laughs> Minnesota. Yep, and well, as you've maybe heard in previous episodes, but we do well. Kurt's last day, but <laughs> we worked down. We both worked downtown Minneapolis, yep. and fortunate it. enough in the Wells Fargo Towers that it's literally right next to the stadium, and they're building this giant. Yeah, it's pretty sweet looking. They're building tent, either or, one or two tents. They're building right now. They had to be out yeah, there. They were out there in the negative 20-degree weather just working away. I'm sure they're well compensated, but they're just, you know, plugging along. you got to get things done in the next couple weeks here, and, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be looking sweet. Yep. Yeah, we were talking to – I mean, it sounded like it might have been like an offset. It might, Yeah, it might be too tense, and, yeah, who knows what's going to happen, but they're – they're definitely working pretty darn hard, uh, long hours, to get this city ready for the Super Bowl Fifty Two. Oh yeah. Okay, well let's uh, let's break down these four games. There's two Saturday, and then there's two Sunday. Um, yep. So we'll start with the Saturday games. I mean, is there anything that you wanna get out of the way before we jump into the football? Uh, well, it was my last day at Wells Fargo yesterday. I just wanted to give a shout out to them and. Went out with a bang, nice little happy hour with some friends and some coworkers, and I'm ready to start a new chapter in the life of in the life of Kurt Jancher here. So. <laughs> and you are doing a little something since you have kind of like a one week. Yeah, leg yeah, yeah. There's you, a. I mean, that's pretty sweet. So my new my new gig is starting on uh, January 22nd. So I got a nice little week off. Um, and for that week, I'm gonna on Sunday. I'm actually flying to Phoenix, Arizona, just kind of get little getaway vacation. Um, don't worry, don't worry, Vikings fans. I'm getting there before the game. I'll be able to watch the game there, so I'm um, not gonna miss the game. Wouldn't miss it. So I'll be there. Um, hopefully, just soak up the warm weather and uh, lay by the pool a bit. I, I don't know, just get away with all the stress from work. And um, well, it's gonna be awesome. Is that you're gonna be there for a week with yeah. no plan, and you're oh, gonna no have plan. a place with a pool, seventy degree weather, and you're <laughs> gonna be able to wake up whenever you want to wake yep. up, go to bed whenever you want to go to bed, exactly, and do whatever the heck Kurt wants to do. I'm gonna just explore, and I'll I'll be there. I'm flying down with my dad actually on uh, Sunday, but he's got to drive to a different place for work, so I'll have Monday through most of Friday um, to be by myself. So I'll just be roaming around probably gonna hit up uh chase field where the diamondbacks play maybe get a tour of that building and um definitely gonna try and go to the team store get a little souvenir maybe the i might go to the university of phoenix stadium where the uh the arizona cardinals play but that's kind of a little farther out of the way and i'm not gonna rent a car so i'll just be ubering and lifting around so um well, well i guess we'll see how the day goes but um yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's been pretty cold here the last couple of days in in Minnesota, so I can't wait to get out of this weather and just soak up the sun. There you go. That's right. Um, that's awesome. And 
I don't really have anything to compete with that for to say anything before the football games, but I did want to throw out another since the Timberwolves are rocking right now. Um, there rocking. was a stat that hasn't happened since the early 90s um, for the Timberwolves. And that has something to do with its sellouts. Uh, so I'm just going to read it here. The Minnesota Timberwolves had its sixth straight sellout. The longest streak for the franchise since it sold out 48 straight games from 1990 to 92. And then the Timberwolves sold out every game of the 1990 to 91 season and had seven in a row to start the 91 to 92. So that's just kind of breaking down those um, those years. But uh, so far this season, the Wolves have had nine sellouts. We're 17 and six at home, and we won the last seven at home, and basically crushing it. So, fans. I think the whole Minnesota sports network is going a little bit crazy right now and a good crazy, and they are excited. They are supporting every single team, and it's good to hear that the Minnesota Timberwolves are selling out games. So yeah, there you go. that's absolutely great. Can't go wrong. I'm, I think the Minnesota fan base needs that, especially from the Timberwolves who have been so bad for so long. It's nice to get some recognition and – now that they're finally starting to do well, it's it's good to see some support. Yep, for sure. Okay, that's let's get into these football games. So the first one today, right now we're recording. It's Saturday, January thirteenth, twenty eighteen, at eleven sixteen right now a.m. Central Time. So this first game starts in like four hours. Ge- geographical five. location is... Uh, geographical. We are in coordinates 4813. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Roger, roger. <laughs> 10 four. Atlanta, Philly. First game. That's a big game. It is. NFC game. It is a big game. Uh, Yeah. So let's break this down. Let's... I mean, the quarterbacks. Fal- well, yeah. Fal- we got we to gotta mention the Falcons are favored. The road favorite. Okay, um, nice. Uh, so what's the line? The money line or the spread? Let's go spread. All right, the spread. The the Falcons are uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites, so they're giving two points or two-and-a-half points to the Eagles. I don't know. It's I think it's still going to be pretty close. I'm not sold on the Matt Ryan outdoors in cold weather game kind of guy. Um the Eagles yeah, the court. Well, Matt Ryan, I'm just yeah, going to go for it. Matt Ryan versus Nick Foles and Matt Ryan. I mean, you can't really go off of stats of Foles because he's just kind of, you know, subbing in for Wentz, obviously. But Matt Ryan's got a 91.4 quarterback rating this year. And the time that Foles has been playing so far this year, which has been four games, I believe, three, four games, 79.5. I mean, he's kind of getting it done decently, but. That's the quarterback, kind of. Their offense has completely changed, though. The the Eagles have. Um, there, there was like, they're they're definitely near the bottom of the league in the last couple games that he's that Nick Foles has started in, you know, total yards per game or passing yards per game and total offense. Um, and going against a 
granted they are at home which should probably help them in this sense because Atlanta's probably a lot better on turf under under a dome in front of their home crowd um but i i don't know the the falcons defense has shown signs that they can do um some impressive things with that one guy getting whatever it is six sacks in a game against dallas or something and then um yeah he subbed in for he wasn't even like a (laughs) full-time guy yeah he came in for uh forgot who was injured but yeah and he was i don't know it's they they have some playmakers but um atlanta's offense is pretty explosive they just need to it it really comes down to nick Foles and how well he can um how how well he can produce because he's got the talent around him he's got alshon jeffrey Aguilar, zach ertz ajay uh Torrey, that's, Torrey that's Smith. A, it's, it's got solid this podcast, guys i want to no you those names are perfect but to Break, I think to organize these games and to break it up, kind of make sure we're not missing anything, let's start with the quarterbacks, and then let's kind of match up like the wider or the pass catchers on each team, Okay. other than running backs. Then we'll go to the running backs, and then once we go through all those like positional players and right, kind right. of matching up, so then at the end, we can kind of summarize that and then predict our score and, uh, I don't know, just summarize that. Okay. So let's, we talked about the quarterbacks. Yep. Um, I guess good enough. And the wide receivers and those playmakers you were just naming. So go ahead, get into those names again, and then I'll uh, sure. Yeah, I'll counter th- with the the Falcons with what they have. Okay, so the pass catchers for each team that are not the running backs. Uh, well, the big stud Julio Jones for one. Um, He's monster, freak of nature. You can't stop him, really. The, the weird thing is that they don't really throw the ball to him in the end zone, or if they do, he doesn't catch it for some reason. He has three touchdowns all year, but he has over 1,400 yards. Um, he's absolute dominant playmaker. Changes the game in a course of seconds with one catch or whatever. He's he's a stud, absolutely a stud. He is a mixed um, stud. Flip side, I'd say the go-to guy – in comparison to um, Julio Jones, maybe is like the Alshon Jeffrey type, but I think the number one key guy for the for the Eagles is Zach Ertz. If Zach Ertz is going and he's got the chemistry with Nick Foles, he kind of opens up some either some safety double coverage with linebackers, which can lead the open the which can lead to the open field in the middle for Alshon Jeffrey or Nelson Aguilar, um, who kind of are effective when Zach Ertz is going because if Zach Ertz is going, he's a big body. He's a he's a very talented player. Um, coverage is going to be drawn to him, which leaves one on ones for the other guys. And those guys are definitely talented with, um, especially Jeffrey. I remember his days in the, with the Bears. He would always he had a game like over 200 yards against the Vikings, and he was just dominating our guys. And um, he's definitely got the big playability. So I think it's going to be. It's going yeah, to be Elson close. Jeffrey is the counter. That's all they have for the counter against Julio. Um, but I guess Ertz is kind of the main reception um, safety net. I would say Zach Ertz is pretty much their go-to guy, pretty confidently, um, for sure, on the Eagles. Um, so that's the counter to Julio. But then also they have Muhammad Sanu, who's proved – 
his career on multiple teams and proven it this year that he can be a rock solid wide receiver too for them. Solid um, flex play. Solid flex play. <laughs> <laughs> I do like uh, Nelson the yeah Nelson Aguilar to have. He could be the important player that the Eagles need to have him with his speed to break off a big play. I think I like him as the the sneaky. He he and Mohamed Sanu are kind of similar to me though. They're uh, I don't know if I agree with that. As like, a, are you talking like? Because Ro- Mohamed Sanu, I think team. of him and rolls on their dude. team. Rolls on their team. I yeah, I suppose. I mean, number two option. Aglor seems like more of the slot guy to me. Um, but yeah, I think he did I'm actually pretty play. Pretty positive. Sanu is that that way too. Yeah. I guess he – I just think of Aglor as, like, that quick guy. Muhammad Sanu I think of as, like, a big body um, reception receiver. But, yeah, where are we uh, – so do the Falcons even have a well, tight end, really? Hooper, I guess, is the – Yeah, he's pretty irrelevant. He's kind of irrelevant, yeah. Um, you got to keep in mind, watch the weather here. Um, the weather – 15 right- to 16 – Northwest winds, mile yeah. per hour. Right now they're saying it's like 33 degrees, partly cloudy in Philly. So eh, you never know. Winds can definitely play a factor. There's a, There was a lot of wind in that Philly-Oakland game um, a, a couple weeks back that the Vikes needed Oakland to win, and they had every opportunity because Nick Foles seemed to not be able to throw the ball into the wind. So if, if wind plays a factor, this could definitely change the outcome of the game for sure, but... Um, yeah, I guess keep, yeah, an weather eye, keep, is, keep an eye on that too. Weather's an underrated, like we said before, it's an underrated effect of games and people, some players do not like the cold. Oh yeah. Um, so I guess that's, is that good enough for like the pass catching? Like I'm trying to think of some defenders, like shut down cornerbacks or secondary who's going to be matched on wide receivers, but I honestly don't. I guess maybe I don't know enough. Even though the Philadelphia's defense is really good, um, yeah, they're more but, good. They're more good against the run, though. They're like number one against the run. Philly is okay. So, which is yeah. Which I guess maybe that can just lead us into the discussion of the running back battles now on each sure. team. Okay, I'll just kind of I'll start with this one then. If the Eagles, it's tough. Like thinking of like a daily DFS, if picking between the three guys. Well, there's pretty much two. J.H.I., LeGarrette, Blunt, but he's kind of been, I don't know what to think about Blunt, but he might be involved more because he is with his kind of veteranness with, uh, well, that's not even a word, but with the Patriots, um, he's, he's got the experience, and he is a guy that can make the defense kind of... Uh, not wanting to tackle him and maybe tired. <laughs> I, I was going to mention that myself. It's like once you, once you get later part of the game, it's going to be cold out. It's going to be you're going to be tired. There's no way you want to get in front of him and try and tackle the guy. Yeah. So that like yeah, so if that, I'm a coach and I got Legarrette Blount on my I'm just, team, I'm feeding him the rock. I yeah, that's that would be my strategy and play it a long term thinking as keep that yeah defense hits. I mean, it's hard to bring them down, and then yeah, later in the game, um, they could get tired. So I mean, we have him, and then we got Jai, which right. he's got 
he's got big time talent. Um, so he might, but he it seems like he does better with the Eagles when he only gets like eight to ten touches. Well, yeah, he's kind of he, like the change of pace back, kind of the you know mix it up a little bit, maybe catch a screen pass and take it the distance, or I don't know. He's he's definitely in a different role than he was in Miami, but I think it's helping him stay fresh by being in these in the three headed monster. Yep. I agree. I think they're working working well with them. And then the other, the third guy is Corey Clement. That nobody really had him on fantasy teams. I mean, they might have picked him up when he scored. He's a he is a red zone guy. If they're in the red zone, well, yeah, he's Philadelphia a, he, likes this guy. He's kind of like the either like a Rex Burkhead or kind of like a Jarek McKinnon for the Vikings. He's like one of those shifty backs where he's hard to cover in short field open space kind of thing. Yeah, and he. He finds the end zone. So, like, all, you, all you need is a little separation. DFS, so, that that is very true. Just one quick move, and boom, separation. Boom, <laughs> getting to the end zone. Boom. So, okay, I'm gonna ask you a question. <laughs> is if you're so for any DFS listeners, oh, okay, um, okay. I just made a lineup. Whatever. I just made a lineup actually. Well, oh, okay. Well, sweet. What's I should have done that too. Um, we'll have to share that at the end. Um, your DFS lineup, okay. and maybe you can just describe it's, a little it's, bit why. It's, it's an only why. Saturday lineup too, so it's not like it's. I oh, just sweet. made one for the Saturday games, so we okay. can we can do that after the two games. We do that. Yep, lineup. that's perfect. Okay, so we don't really have to say. I'll just say my opinion okay, out of those go. three backs. If I needed to choose one of those three Eagles running backs. I'm still going to choose Jay Ajay, even though I said Blunt's going to be going to get some carries. I just like the talent more with Jay Ajay, and they're going to need him. They're going to need him to keep up with this offense. Um, but you never know. But if I had to bet on someone, Jay Ajay for my DFS. So nice, nice, nice. Enough with the Eagles, I guess, talk, running backs, because there's a lot to talk about, about for the Falcons' backfield in – Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Right. Right. Devontae Freeman is a beast. Yeah, he's a uh, he, – I feel like he just came out of nowhere kind of. Like when it was like two years ago, I think he just kind of – wasn't he like the backup to someone they had and then that guy got hurt and Devontae Freeman comes in and just is a monster? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Uh, he kind of just – erupted when it, he took advantage of the opportunity and never looked back basically yeah. yeah he's and he was definitely rewarded for it with a contract in the previous year or something like that so he's yeah he's been very solid again averaging over four yards of carry another seven touchdowns this year and he even missed one or two games with a concussion and um he's definitely they have very very talented backs both of them they don't really catch out of the out of the backfield as much anymore uh, or this year, at least they didn't, um, and that could be just because of the change of offensive coordinator or defenses scheming towards them more. But um, he and Tevin Coleman are very, very impressive backs. They're very quick, shifty. They're versatile. They're powerful. They got them all. Yeah, and it's going to be yeah. I'm a big fan of Tevin Coleman um, backing up Freeman. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, and this is going to be a big test and for the Eagles number one ranked run defense if they can 
prove they're worthy of the number one run defense and shut not shut them. They're not going to shut them down, but contain these guys to not erupting for 150 yards and two scores combined or whatnot. Um, they can, they have a real real good shot at beating these the Falcons. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so thinking, I, I mean Freeman, I would definitely pick to have the better game, and he's the starting running back. He's also going to be there in the goal line, um, but they're not. Okay, that's fine. They're not. They're <laughs> not completely like set. Like Freeman's the goal line back. Um, I think you described something. I forgot what team. It wasn't the Falcons, but there's another team. A couple good running backs. Saints. But yeah, it was the Saints. Like with Kamara and Ingram, they they're not dead set on Freeman as the red zone guy, and it depends on the drive how it's going. Like they have confidence in both backs to be a red zone and get into the end zone. So I could see like Coleman having a better game than Freeman pretty easily, but yeah, not betting on that at all. Yeah, I kind of, and then the flip side, I think the I think either Blunt or Jai will have the better game. Just because I think Philly's been so fantastic at stopping the run, regardless of who they've played, that I think they're just uh, that's going to be their main focus this year or this game, I should say. And <laughs> yeah, you should because uh, <laughs> it has been their main focus this year, but this game it's going to be their focus again because I think once you stop the run, it kind of eliminates part of the playbook for Matt Ryan and the Falcons, and then. Um, you know they can either double Julio Jones and figure out something from there, but I think uh, stopping the run is what they're going to be doing. Very nice. Yeah, um, I'm very excited to watch this game because this could be our potential. Obviously, I, I won't really be able to opponent. watch. Uh, I won't be able to watch this game, unfortunately. Darn. I. Uh, side note: I am uh, in a broomball league. And for those of you that don't know Broomball, uh, for those 10 listeners out there, <laughs> um, it's a uh, it's just a game that we play. It's kind of like hockey, except you have a ball instead of a puck. And you have a, uh, a stick that, not necessarily a broom, but it's uh, it's got like a rubber end to it. And it's, basically, it's played in a hockey rink. There's different size nets, but... Uh, I got a game, two games actually this this afternoon. One at four fifteen, and then one at five fifteen. So it's kind of yeah, it's a tough matchup. Um, so I won't be able to watch the the three thirty five game, but I'll be able to watch the Patriots play tonight. So that at least that's something. Oh yeah, you got something, something. Um, <laughs> Something's and cooking. Ball, you're still gonna be students. Like you're gonna be competing, getting a nice workout. Oh yeah. Um, heck yeah. Oh yeah, and it'll be negative twenty degrees, <laughs> freezing, yeah, get, freezing geez. my freezing my butt off. Uh, I'll be inside. I'll probably, I'll probably get some snotsicles. Uh, <laughs> eye eyelashes will be frozen over. Um, oh man, yeah, it'll, it'll be pretty good. I can't wait. Actually, it'll be fun. I'm actually surprised that because I know some cities. Um, well, I know. And Savage here with the ice rinks. I think they close if it's like a certain that's, whatever. Degree. That's Savage, bro. That's <laughs> Savage. We're, we're talking uh, Tonka. Oh, yeah. Plymouth. This, Tonka, right? Yeah, it's played in Minnetonka. Okay. Um, it's, uh, 
Yeah, it's played out in Minnetonka at Lord Fletcher's. Um, it's a restaurant. It's right in the in the summer, it's awesome over there. They have a a bunch of docks that people just drive their boats up to there, and then they anchor them and go eat. And um, it's a pretty sweet environment. If you're not if you haven't been out there, I recommend it for sure. Uh, it's 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 awesome and. And they uh, they have a broomball league that this the third year in for uh, shout out the Shore Club Shore Club that's our that's our squad this year so um, we're uh, we're hoping well you've been to, with that to, squad yeah, for yeah, how many that's, years yeah th- this is my third year with the squad but okay. uh, the Shore Club is the name and uh, it's named after a house that is on Lake Minnetonka that a, a few of my friends used to live in so. Uh, yeah, it's our third year and we're trying to bring home the championship. We've been unsuccessful the last couple of years. Uh, so it's, uh, it, we're, 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 we're trying our best this year and got to get, got to get there this, this, with this, these two wins today, that'll only help us for sure. So nice. Yep. Well, good luck. Thank Kurt. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. What are those that. knee pads? I do need to not forget those this time. That was a <laughs> horrible decision on my part. Uh, yeah, but it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay. a bruise on the uh, leg. A bruise on the leg is a hell of a long way from the bruise on the heart. <laughs> Shout out miracle. Oh, that's yeah. I, that's what I. That, uh... <laughs> All right. Nice predictions. Yeah, I suppose are are we ready for the the score? Yeah, I'll go with. I'll start with my predictions. I really do want the Eagles to win this game, and I'm gonna be cheering for the Eagles, but. I'm still going to pick the Falcons based on the playmake. I know they're away. It's going to be cold, but I'm, I'm still rolling. With, they had a pretty big win last week, um, and I'm picking the playmakers and Julio Freeman, a you know, better quarterback, and Matt Ryan. Um, to squeeze away with this game, I, it's going to be close, in my opinion. It's probably pretty easy to – say all these games are going to be close in the divisional round, uh, but I'll throw out a score out there of it might be like 28 28 to 24 uh, Falcons winning. Alright. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite of you. Not just for the sake of the argument, but I think the Eagles can pull this one off. Um, like I said, to begin this argument with the Matt Ryan outdoors, I don't think he's as good. Eagles at home, I think having that week off, Foles kind of helped his chances with his chemistry with the guys. Defense is rested. Um, I think they come out on top. I think the Eagles win. I'm going to go with uh, a little bit of more of a grinder. Let's go 23-20 over the Falcons. There we go. Perfect. I could almost see this game like being kind of low scoring though too. I don't know why, but ah, you could say a lot of things. You could also say <laughs> super high scoring. Ah, there's so much speculation. Ah, oh, jeez. Try to predict stuff. Ah, oh, jeez. Ah, oh, jeez, man. Okay. Are we done with this game? The first one. Yeah. One out of four. Complete? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So seven fifteen tonight. Yeah, we probably gotta speed it up a little bit here. Uh, yeah, sitting at 27. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could, you know, we could. No if you're more available, Are you available talks. tomorrow morning? Uh, I am not. Okay. I was going to say we could do Sundays just tomorrow. But, nope, flying uh, out tomorrow morning, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. You uh, stated that, so. 
Let's go through these. Tennessee and New England. The Titans against the Patriots. Right. And we probably don't have to talk about this one this much because it might be... Okay, quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota versus Tom Brady. Uh, um, might be a no-brainer here. <laughs> that's... Yeah. No-brainer? No. <laughs> so, who do you... Uh, yeah, Brady. I mean, Brady. Brady over... I mean, that's easy. Brady. He had 102 passing rating. Mariota. 79 um it, yeah there's nothing it was it could have been a, it, it should have been a lot worse he got lucky on that pass touchdown to himself so that was a great uh, that was a crazy game 22 21 they pulled the win over the chiefs but they got the win that's right uh so let's break down the pass catchers pass catchers titan side you got delaney walker's the main guy you worry about um cory davis is underperformed richard matthews is kind of meh and uh I just the, with the big thing with the Patriots is that Bill Belichick likes to take one of their studs away, and I'm assuming he's going to try and take Derrick Henry away, just to force Mariota to throw. And I don't think that the wide receivers for the Titans are wide receivers and tight ends are that much of playmakers, or they haven't well, shown. Well, what do we got? Well, well Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews, Decker, Decker scored last. Um, okay, yeah, he had like two. That's catch- a he had like I mean, two yeah. catches. There's not and Delaney Walker is their main. Right, I said that. It's like their main. Yeah, they're well. I guess I'll just reconfirm <laughs> that. It's crazy to think. Well, it's not that crazy, but their pass catchers don't really do much for me at all. Yeah, they don't. They don't do a whole lot. That's for sure. Corey Davis does have a lot of hype though with the rookie. Uh, lots of upside. This year was under. It didn't work out for Corey Davis. Um, lots of fantasy owners hoping that he could have. Uh, made a statement right away but it didn't happen um, yeah it was kind of an underwhelming year for Mariota too yep 13 TDs 15 interceptions throughout the year so far and it's not great no but he was the leader last week QB is the leader and they found a way to win so you gotta give him some props yep oh, um, yeah. we're not turn- yeah we're just gonna not trying to down on the on the Patriots but. side, Gronk's a monster. Cover him probably. Jeez, um, Gronk. Then if you cover him, you got to worry about Brandon Cooks. Oh, then by the way, underneath routes, Danny Amendola proven to get it done year after year. Um, I forget. Chris Hogan's probably not going to play. I don't think, or is he going to play? Yeah, I, let's see if we can get. But it, I don't even think it matters in this game. That's the thing. Like they have three guys you have to worry about there, but then oh by the way. You have Deion Lewis in the backfield who can do it all, running the football, catching the football. Then they're getting James White back, and then yep. James White is the scat back kind of thing. He can run routes. He, he catches the ball mainly. He's versatile. And, um, then you have yeah, Tom James Brady. White, I mean, going back to James White, thinking of him last year, though, in the Super Bowl, too. Oh, yeah. Um, he is expected to play. Gilsley, he wasn't a factor, but he's not expected to play in Burkhead injury. He's also not expected to play. So it's going to be a White pass catching and Dion Lewis could get a bunch of work um again oh yeah it's uh yeah I think it's gonna be all Patriots in this game honestly. yeah and that yeah we could break it down more and more uh but it's pretty and the Patriots defense I mean the Tennessee defense is the one thing that the Patriots are number one in total offense though <laughs> yeah should we just go with the scores and say it? Yeah, yeah. Both this, say it. We know the Patriots are going to probably win. Everybody's predicting the Patriots to win. Right. Um, I'm just going to throw a score out there of 30. 
one to sixteen. No, okay. not sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> Thirty-one, seventeen, New England over Tennessee. I'm gonna go thirty-eight twenty-one Patriots. Cool. I say we leave it uh and DeMarco just one thing, DeMarco Murray is out, so it will be a Derrick Henry Yes show. I have him in my DFS lineup. Should I mention that right now? Um Yep. Go through your DFS lineup because we went through the Saturday games. Do it up. What you got? Uh, okay. Let and me... what uh is this FanDuel? Yes, FanDuel. Let me just okay. pull this up here quick. Alright. So I just made one for Sunday as well. Um Cool. My Saturday lineup, even though we just talked down Mariota, he I think he's probably the cheapest quarterback this week. Dual nope. threat. Actually, Nick Foles is the cheapest, but I went with Mariota this week. Um, this could be a game where he's forced to throw a bunch, and then if they're throwing a bunch, you know, he might end up getting some scrambling yards. Um, so I think he's got some decent upside. The dual threat, I'm always a big fan of the dual threat QBs. Didn't really feel like spending up was the way to go because if the Patriots kind of get up, they're going to run a bunch. Uh, next, I got Derrick Henry. Like we said before, DeMarco Murray's out. So Henry's going to get the huge workload, and he had a nice game last week. Um, other running back is Deion Lewis. He's going to be their number one guy with Rexburg head out again, and James White's kind of only their pass catcher. So Deion Lewis, look for him to get a lot of workload. And my wide receivers are Aguilar. Uh, we talked about him a little bit. I think he's going to come into play here quite a bit. Brandon Cooks, I like him on the big play threat. Probably going to try and double Gronk a bit. So I like Cooks in this one. Um, and then we talked about him earlier, Sanu. Um, he kind of just finds a way to rack up eight or nine points and potentially get that touchdown. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, then I got Gronk at tight end. And then uh, he's pretty self-explanatory. It's Gronk. He's a monster. Then you got Matt Bryant, Atlanta kicker. His Any kicker is kind of a crapshoot. I don't really see maybe Tennessee's kicker in this game just because if they're down by a bunch, they're going to end up going for it on fourth anyway. Uh, and then defense I chose was Philadelphia's defense. I like them at home. They've been stopping the run all year, and I think they're just kind of a um, – an opportunistic defense and like I said before I also don't trust Matt Ryan outdoors in the cold so yeah that's my that's lineup. a that's a solid lineup I like that yeah definitely and you don't have a lot of Falcons players which uh backs up just Sanu which backs up your Philly S- yeah Sanu Sanu and Bryant so nothing too bad cool uh thanks for sharing that DFS and uh good luck to that lineup I like oh, yeah. it oh yeah okay um Let's jump into the two Sunday games then. Okay, let's do it. Jacksonville Jaguars, Pittsburgh Steelers, 12.05 p.m. Central Time. Jacksonville, yeah. Blake Bortles versus Big Ben. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I, Big Ben. I've said this before that Blake Bortles is not good. And he was not good last week, yet somehow, probably because of their defense, they came out a winner. Uh, I do not. Three. I do oh, not. Man. I do not see Ben Roethlisberger throwing five interceptions again. There's what's no, the stat? I don't see that uh, either. But what what's the stat that Bortles had last week? That was pretty just more rush yards than pass yards. Nailed it. And it was like 
80 rush yards, which is absurd. 80, yep, but like, it was like it, 86 it, and like 80. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just dumb. One yard less passing. And it's not like Tennessee's defense is like the Vikings' stud secondary or anything. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not like it's terrific, and they have playmakers around him. Like, give a screen pass to Leonard Fournette, and he could go 20 of that or something. It's like he's just not good. And I think yeah. – Ben Roethlisberger is the easy choice in this in this matchup. I, it's it's a pretty pretty easy choice. Um, yeah. So okay, quarterbacks. We talk. We don't have to talk about much. What pass catchers? Jacksonville. Not that they'll be getting more a lot of yards, but who knows with Blake Bortles? We got D.D. Westbrook, the rookie, who's been good. Marquez Marquise Lee. That's their number one wide receiver. He was a little banged up, but he's he should be back. To he's healthy now, so he's going to be starting. Um, I like him. He's a good wide receiver. And then uh, that Keenan Cole guy is Keelan Cole. Yeah, Keelan Cole. I think it is. That's the other, I guess, pass catcher that I can think of. And then they have Mercedes Lewis. That I mean, he scored three touchdowns in one game this year. Doesn't really mean much, but. Right. That's about all the pass catchers that I can think of. Yeah, they don't really have too much else, that's for sure. But that's really not too bad. Like, thinking about Marquez Lee, D.D. Westbrook with that upside coming up, being a rookie, um, and this Cole guy, I guess, maybe he's good. Like, thinking of how that team is with their defense being young, it's a very young team overall. It's just that quarterback is the the last piece to the puzzle. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so Pittsburgh, who are their counters to Jacksonville's wide receivers? Oh, the guy by the name of Antonio Brown. We you, have have we, you ever heard of him? I mean, I've seen some plays with number 84, A.B., Antonio Brown. He looks he looks good. <laughs> he might be one of the best. If not, probably is the best wide receiver in the game. Yeah, but, he's, he's the best. But... We, we, there's some things that we have to be concerned about with A.B. this week. One, he's sick. Two, reports are that, I mean, he tore his calf and... Partially. Partially, okay, yes. Partially torn his calf. And there's some rumbling around now I've been hearing that maybe that calf isn't so much 100% or really feeling the best so i don't know what to think about antonio brown this game he's a baller though so he he's not gonna not play he well he's gonna yeah he's not gonna not play but he's juju. gonna yeah juju's a sleeper for sure not necessarily a sleeper anymore because everyone knows his name but i was surprised by his final stats he had like he had a good year almost a thousand yards and like yeah. seven touchdowns yeah oh yeah he yeah, was uh, so, very solid um. Yeah, I don't. Well, you're forgetting they also have a potentially big play threat in Martavis Bryant. That uh, is a huge. She's huge deep. I like Martavis Bryant a lot. He's, uh, I just think he's a big body, fast. He's a. I don't know. They seem to incorporate him a lot in the red zone also, and he's got that big playability. And like a lot of their guys, they have the big playability. So. They all their three is probably I'd take Martavis Bryant over any of those Jaguars receivers. Any of that them. is, 
I uh, I just don't think they've given him the ultimate chance. Like he's been either their he's been their number two kind of number three guy now, and they just don't really give him the ball that much. But if he was on Jacksonville, he'd be fed targets. Yeah, but I think there's a reason why he's not. I mean, he's getting his chance a little bit last year, but there's a re- there's there's something in his uh, on the mental end, not the physical end, the mental side that. Uh, has some maturing to do but i get it he want he knows his up he knows what he's capable of and it's frustrating when you aren't given all the opportunities to live up to your full potential um but i guess i can't disagree and say i wouldn't choose martavis bryant over any of those guys because i'm a big fan of martavis bryant i like him a lot yeah definitely so a thought just went in my brain about, like, do you think the goal of the Steelers, well, obviously they want, they want to win, but with A.B., Antonio Brown, maybe not sick, and is, I wonder if they're going to try to have Ramsey and A.B. kind of just neutralize each other, and, they're, and the Steelers might be 100% okay with that. Well, maybe. But you know that Antonio Brown got the best of him week one, right? Or not week one, but the first matchup. Well, I'm not saying... Um, You're s- I'm saying... Uh, I'm saying this... If, I, if I'm... Uh, like you're good, like they're going to use him as a decoy? Yeah. And if, if, they, if they can have the best cornerback in the game, Ramsey, and have him whoa, just whoa, be whoa, on Antonio whoa, Brown whoa, and whoa, shut him down. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not what? not the best cornerback in the game. Okay. Other than, <laughs> well, Xavier, Xavier Rhodes, Rhodes is better. Is questionable. Xavier Rhodes is better. He's better. Yes, he's better. Okay. He's definitely better. He shut down Julio, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown. Jalen Ramsey didn't shut down Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown had like less than 60 I, yards receiving against Xavier Rhodes. I think he Rhodes. even had like 80-some the first week what, um, yeah like it's jacksonville when when antonio brown played jacksonville he had 10 catches for 157 yards <laughs> dang yeah tell me Jalen ramsey's the best cornerback in the nfl no well no, no. he's up there he's up <laughs> there not the best Rhodes is the best yes shut down but i'm just saying i think the steelers would be a hundred percent okay with their other playmakers makers that they have if Probably. ramsey and antonio brown can just cancel each other out yeah, that's probably true, but I don't think they want that. Yeah, they probably want Antonio Brown to to lead and do everything. But okay, that's enough of that. I don't. It's whatever. Um, that was just kind of a side note. So then, let's go to the running backs. The rookie, he had an he had a roller coaster rookie season, I would say, with Fournette. Um, he had one of his better games against Steelers, though. He, yeah, Fournette killed it the first couple weeks, um, but. Kind of like college, there's those injury concerns, but I'm a big fan of Fournette. And what he finds the end zone, he scores. He can handle a big workload. Um, I like him a lot. But, well, other than him, I mean, we got Yeldon, who I don't even think is going to be playing activated. And then Chris Ivory, who is – I'm a big fan of Chris Ivory. He's a – I like the way he runs. He can catch passes. Uh, but as we've seen, he filled in pretty decently for Fournette when he was out. Um, so 
But both of those guys combined, Le'Veon Bell we got on the Steelers' side. You want to talk about Le'Veon Bell? What else do I need to say other than he's versatile, a monster, and he gets the job done? Yeah, and he is questionably the best, if not the best, running back. Gurley, Gurley. Gurley! Um, yeah, he's he's got such a unique running style that's unmatched throughout the league. Um he really just allows his team to block for him and just hits the holes and they're going to give him the ball at least 25 times a game. Usually it's a lot more than that. And he's going to get his catches. He's a dangerous playmaker. Uh, He's got the complete package. That's for sure. And he's pretty unstoppable. And it does. Yeah. He's matchup proof. It doesn't matter if the Jacksonville defense is really good. They're more good against the pass though. Yeah, that is – yeah, that's true. Um, but I do yeah, want to go back to Leonard Fournette against the Steelers in that first matchup because he – Leonard Fournette had 28 carries for 181 yards and two touchdowns. And he had a 90-yard run in that game for a touchdown, a 90-yard – so if you like – What week it, did they play? Uh, it, was, it was like was, – uh, three, six, like week nine or something, week ten. Okay. Probably week ten or nine or eight or something because there was their bye week in there somewhere, gotcha. um, or no, it was. Uh, sorry, I was reading the reverse order. Um, it was like week five. Okay. Um, there, uh, without that ninety-yard touchdown run, his day doesn't look nearly as good. So like the the, the the fluky. But I don't but, like when I I actually hate when people like. Say, oh, if he didn't have this one run, uh, he would have only averaged 3.1 or 2.8 yards per carry. I don't give a shit because he did have that big run, and he did have that big play, and he's he has the talent to do that. So I don't – I think t- saying taking away one, one run and, oh, they didn't do that good, I think that's bullshit. Okay, I mean, it could be. Yeah, and that's just your opinion. <laughs> However, uh, yes. and at that point, the game was already out of hand. Like it didn't matter in the factor of the game, really. I think I was just to ice their victory. Um, but he's only had twenty eight carries in a game twice all year, so his workload definitely is a factor. His uh, he never had more than twenty eight carries. He never reached a thirty plateau. And Le'Veon Bell gets upwards of maybe even forty touches a game. So. Between the two, I would say, obviously, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I, yeah, Fournette, I'm excited to see what he's going to be. He's going to be a good running back in this league. He just needs to not have any major injuries and just grind it out and stay healthy. That's uh, easier said than done. Yep, (laughs) pretty much. Okay, so... Uh, what else for the, that's about it, right? Yeah, that's about it for their, for that game. I mean, we could talk about defenses, but we already know a little bit. Yeah. And and the scores, I mean, I'm going to pick the Steelers to win. The only way for me that Jacksonville is going to win if something happens to Big Ben. And I like the Steelers to make a big stand coming up to the game against New England. I think everybody has this matchup pit 
versus New England. Um, I like Pitt to put up quite a bit of points, like 30. I'm going to even say 40. I'm going to say 42 points for Pittsburgh, even though the Jacksonville's defense is really good. And this is probably a dumb prediction, but 42 points for Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and Bortles. Um, bye bye Bortles. <laughs> bye bye Bortles. Bump 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 bump. I'll say twenty seven for Jacksonville. So you think that, it's literally a shootout? That would be sixty nine. Ooh, sixty nine combined points. Gronk like nice. that. <laughs> What's your prediction? Uh, I'm definitely going Steelers in this game. Like like you are, uh, I don't I don't think that they're gonna score forty points, but I would say upwards of thirty two to you know twenty two points or no, it's like I'm I'm gonna go thirty two to twenty two. Thirty two twenty two. Okay, combined to fifty seven. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, that leads us to <laughs> the most important game of the week. Boom, boom. Skull. Doom, doom, skull. Skull. Doom, doom, skull. skull. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. This is such a big game. This it's is a, such a big game. A rematch of week one. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> I feel like we could talk a lot about this and just go on and on about how awesome the Vikings are because they really are, but let's, uh, I guess let's just start. Okay, Breeze versus Case Keenum. Keenum has how many playoff starts in his career? One. Zero. Zero. And Breeze has more than that. (laughs) He has a lot. So, but, I mean. Oh, did you see the breaking news? Or not necessarily that breaking, but it's pretty breaking news. Uh, da 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 Give it to me, Kurt. What do you Vikings got? activate Sam Bradford from IR. Whoa, that is kind of uh, breaking. Oh, yeah, just 30 minutes ago news. The so Vi- now... The Vikings waived tight end Kyle Carter to make room for Bradford. He hasn't seen the field since re-aggravating his knee injury in week five but will likely back up case keenum in the divisional round against the saints um now we have are the vikings have never dressed three quarterbacks in the mike zimmer era which makes it likely that teddy bridgewater is a healthy scratch oh man let me think i'm so on board with that i'm so on board with that (sighs) that has to be the right move after it has to be that that's what you have to do as a coach you saw how teddy looked he didn't and look yeah good. i saw that and he it's it's whatever i mean i'm not gonna base too much off that but sam bradford bradford like, bradford's move, better that's than teddy. you gotta make that's bradford gotta is make. better than teddy i would have to 100 percent agree with you based on what i've seen from both players um teddy has more I uh, know. Uh, yeah, Sam Bradford is better than Teddy. Yeah. Yep. Done. T- Teddy hasn't shown me anything to where he he seems like he's an NFL franchise QB. Yeah, uh, and it sucks to say that, but other than Teddy's a winner, uh, yeah, 
I, 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 I guess from what we've seen, we can't say he's a confident NFL franchise cornerback. Can't say that yet. Not yet. Okay, so we just talked about the quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> well, for the Vikes, a little kind bit. of. Yeah, I guess that's for the Vikes. Drew Brees. What can is you say, man? Drew Brees. We don't have to say much more about Drew Brees other than he's good and really good and Hall of Famer good. He's got a Super Bowl under his belt. So yeah. pass catchers. Let's get into the pass catchers. And for the Saints, Michael Thomas, sophomore, sophomore wide receiver. He's been a stud. He's come into the league. He's had uh, a pretty good rookie season, pretty darn good rookie season, and he's Breeze's go-to guy. Yeah, Rhodes is going to have to contain him. He did. He did week one. He did week one, and I did hear about. Well, I think I just heard in quotes of Rhodes, a reporter asking him about like the matchup, and he basically said, "Yeah, Michael Thomas is." A great wide receiver, and he's excited for the challenge. Um, so Rhodes versus Michael Thomas. I like Rhodes to win that matchup because five. he's the best cornerback in the league. Thank you. And <laughs> five catches, forty-five yards, week one against Xavier Rhodes. Cool. I'll take that That's, all day. Uh, thanks for that, especially when Kamara in week one wasn't really a factor in taking up targets. So that's even more of a right. I like that. Okay, so Vikings, we're going to have Thielen, and that's, that's this is kind of the counter, Michael Thomas versus Rhodes, and then Thielen versus their really good rookie, <laughs> trying to go away from other than a stud, <laughs> beast, Mark Slattimore. Um, what do you think about that matchup? Uh, I think and do you think... It's, it's also, you, it's, I think it's, isn't it Marshawn Lattimore? Oh, yeah, there's a different Marcus Lattimore in the league. Marcus um, is like a running back, I think. Yeah, you're uh, – shoot. You're – okay, yeah. Uh, anyways, it doesn't really matter. Um, do, you, do you see Lattimore shutting – No. Sh- basically one-on-one with Thielen the whole game? No. I don't. I think that – the Vikings do a great job of mixing in Thielen and Diggs inside and outside. And with the the factor of, granted, he hasn't really done anything all year is Laquan Treadwell. But he, Laquan really plays on the outside mostly. Diggs and Thielen kind of mix and match inside outside. So I think it's going to be tough for, and I don't really see Marshawn Lattimore as that, uh, the Lattimore Island per se, uh, <laughs> to, to just go off of um previous previous guys and where they you know they just cover one guy the whole game and shadow them the whole time it's like i think he's more of a scheme guy where more so richard sherman where he kind of stays on one side of the field or he'll they may like i could be completely wrong and they they want to go you know more that shadow route but um i don't know if he's that dominant yet um whereas i think that Thielen and Diggs have proven that they're exceptional route runners and can gain separation from guys that I don't think it's going to matter. Do you see, I agree with you about um, your thinkings of Lattimore covering a side of the field and they're going to try to shut down Thielen, but they're also going to need Lattimore to help out with Diggs because it's not like Thielen is. I think Diggs was the guy in week one that really 
uh, kind of torched them. Yeah. Um, they just started out the season until Thielen kind of emerged as the number one. Um, well, it was after, like, like Diggs, Diggs had that little like, groin injury. It was when yeah. Diggs had that groin injury, is that when kind of Thielen took over? But Yep, that's true. Week one, it was uh, Diggs had seven of eight catches to targets, 93 yards, and two touchdowns. So he kind of he did his work on them. Yeah. Um, so how, let's go with – I want to – how many yards? How many yards do you think Thielen's going to have versus Diggs? And do you think either of them uh, are going to score a touchdown? Yeah. Yes, I think they're going to score a touchdown. I think Diggs ends up having more yards than Thielen. How I think, many? I think Thielen has more catches than Diggs. Um, Diggs is going to be in the over 100 yards. And I think Thielen, but he'll have like, you know, six catches or so. I think the Thielen. For maybe like 56. No, no, no. I think Diggs is going to have like six for over 100. Yeah, but Thielen like. But I think less Th- catches Th- for like no, I think Thielen's gonna have more catches for less yards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think so like Th- maybe 50, Thielen, 60 yards for Thielen and then four hundred like for eight, yeah, fifth or like sixty seventy for Thielen with like seven or eight catches. I think Diggs is gonna be the more big play guy, five to six catches over a hundred yards. And I like a, that. And a touchdown. I I think Diggs is gonna explode this game. I just have a feeling that we're gonna need him to. Um, do you have a Do you have a Thielen? I got a Thielen you, that takes <laughs> more than a Thielen. I'm hooked on a Thielen. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, so that's uh, <laughs> the Viking. Well, we also, Kyle Rudolph yeah. could be a big, big, uh, big time pass catcher for us in this game too. I think. I agree. He he's gonna need to that 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 open field in the middle. Those twenty yard catches that he makes. Uh, where he's kind of like wide open sometimes, and then that big body in the the red zone. But I think Rudy is going to get some, probably eight targets, this game. Yeah, I think he uh, he definitely has that um, kind of a Thielen aspect to him, where he's more the possession receiver. Uh, he kind of he'll catch more passes and gain less yards necessarily than Diggs, but um, he's very reliable. And he's definitely a big body and a big target, so I think that only helps Case Keenum and and this team. What yeah. do you What do you think about uh, Ted Ginn going off again? No, that's not happening. No, think so. I think Trey Waynes has been growing. I I was worried about Trey Waynes about not being kind of a bust, basically. But he's stepped it up, and I think Trey Waynes is going to be able to contain Ted Ginn and make sure he doesn't get past him um, for a big play. Because I'm sure I can just imagine Zimmer just – that would just absolutely furiate him if <laughs> Ted Ginn scores a 60, 50, whatever, 40-yard touchdown over Trey Waynes. He would just – Yeah. I think the big go. thing is that – Xavier will have Michael Thomas, and and the Vikes don't really need to shed some coverage over towards him. So then they can shed more coverage over over towards Ted Ginn and over the top help. So they can't really uh, with like Sandejo or or Harrison Smith. They can you know kind of shade their defense more towards Trey Wayne's in case the 
the deep ball happens and give him some extra help. So I think I think I agree with you there. Yeah, but I I, I could see. I could see him getting burned and maybe not necessarily executing the catch and the touchdown, but I could see maybe uh, Wayne's not looking back towards the ball and doing a big penalty or whatnot. But I think Wayne's will be okay against Ted Ginn. Yeah, I, let's just say I could see Ted Ginn having a bigger game than Michael Thomas. You think so? Oh, That's, yeah. yeah. I, I, could, I could see that. Uh, God, who's other, who else is... Really, they're. They had Brandon Coleman, but I think he's out. Yeah, that's right, Coleman. Oh, he's out. Yeah, I saw some on Roto World that said. I he's guess he's out. not. It's kind of whatever for that, but I guess he is kind of a trusted big guy for for um, Breeze. But they'll probably yeah. have they'll probably have some other small, quick guy that'll burn us or something. <laughs> some yeah. All right, let's talk about the running backs. All right. Um, uh, let's suppose see. We can just start with the Vikings. Now let's stick with the the Saints and go <laughs> with, uh, end Bowman, with the Vikings. Boom and zoom. <laughs> boom and zoom. Boom Ingram, zoom Kamara. Yeah, I. Uh... That's gonna be that's the main. Breeze being the QB and then Kamara and Ingram. That's gonna be our. Zimmer's hounding them. We got to stop them, obviously. Well, yeah. Every team try to stop them, and it's a little scary. With the they are dangerous. Who's um, going to counter them? Who's going to be our, our uh, linebackers to uh, to Bar and Kendricks? Exactly right. We got that outside Bar Kendricks. Been, uh, this year we've been really good against pass catching running backs, and Kamara is arguably the best pass catching running back in the league. Um, so it'll be a great task for us this this week and i think bar is plenty fast enough to hold his own kendrick's too both are good tacklers but they're going to get their they're going to get their touches they're going to get their yards it's just a matter of limiting the big plays um and i think they can do it i mean there there's the 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 the, the saints are um very good at running the ball and they're very good at using that for their play action game or play action screen or play action bomb or something like that. But it's, so it's going to be tough. It's not going to, it's not going to be easy for sure. They're, uh, yeah. they're, they're like the one, the best one, two punch in the game right now. So basically, uh, you got to stop them and it's going to be tough, but I, I still think we have the defense to do it. Yep. We got the athleticism bar is going to really have to, I mean, Kendrick's is a beast as well, but we're just gonna have to stop them, and and we have the talent. Um, the I think I it. saw. Um, isn't one of their guys like their offensive lineman tackle or guard like broke his fibula or tibia or something? Or wasn't I it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it like Andrus Pete or something? The lat maybe I, I can't confirm. Um, and Brandon Coleman is officially out. I I thought. The Saints are pretty in- injured, um, but I guess they're pretty darn healthy. So I just saw that the Saints are putting their guard, Andrus Pete, on injured reserve, and that was on the 10th of January. That was on the 10th of January. So yeah. So he was like they're starting Wait, either. the 10th of. So he like mu- did he get injured ago. last week? Yeah. Hmm. He got carted off the field after suffering an injury in the second quarter. And 
So he is he got placed on IR, um, broken fibula and a high ankle sprain. So, so they're not gonna they're Calum- not gonna Calumete? Is this going to step in? Mate, I have no idea what that <laughs> I'm just looking at but, it now. So the Sunil Kelemete is going to handle the left guard. <laughs> right. So it could be an area that the Vikes want to exploit with Linval Joseph or even some stunts with Daniil and Everson or something like that and Tom Johnson. So it's a, I'm glad you said those names because I do have a question. Or uh, Yeah, I have a question for you after we're done with this matchup here, which okay. we're pretty much done with. Yeah, I... Um, so there's some injuries to look out um, for them on on the offensive line, and it, it, I think it'll be a very close matchup, honestly. And the Vikes are very very healthy this week. The only guy that was listed on their injury report report was uh, for this week was Terrence Newman, and I think he's questionable, so it's he could still play. So yeah, it'll be close. It's it's going to be a close game, and it's whoo, it's a big game. <laughs> We could break it down and analyze it uh, a lot, but it comes down to our defense, in my opinion. I mean, it's pretty obvious that it comes down. We have a good offense, but if our defense can stop Drew Brees and boom and zoom, we should be able to handle this game pretty easily. So what's your prediction? (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to ask you the question. Oh, yeah, okay. What – Give me three Vikings that you think are need to show up and are, are going to be the three, I guess, X factors for the Vikings to win this ball game. Um, interesting. I'm going to say Barr. One Anthony Barr, linebacker on the outside. I'm going to go the. Middle guy, I'm going to go with uh, Linval Joseph. Number two, Lin- Linval Joseph. And uh, and we're going to go with the defensive player of the year that should be Harrison Harry the Hitman Smith. Number three, Harry the Hitman Smith. Harrison Smith. And Those why? Three... Yeah. Uh, do you want to yeah, know why? Sure. Um, yep, I do. Okay. Normally... Drew, well, Drew Brees is one of the all-time greats, but he's definitely better when stepping up into the pocket versus then running and rolling out on the on the edge. So I think if you were able to get more pressure up the middle, which Linval is a D-tackle, he'll be pressuring from up the middle. If you're able to get more pressure up the middle, it'll limit Drew Brees to step up into the pocket and see downfield better um, and create more leverage for better throws and better opportunity and scrambles. So I think if you get up the middle pressure, it'll help our D-ends um, that are really fast and Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter um, to catch Drew Brees from the outside or whatever. Uh, that's one. Barr, because he's going to have to cover Kamara probably in the, out, in the on the side um, and out of the backfield. Him and Kendricks, I think they're kind of like a tandem, a duo. Him and Kendricks are going to have to cover and be able to tackle and not miss many tackles with these guys and really limit the their production in order for us to be successful. And three for Harrison Smith. Um, I think that he, he's been a monster all year and I think he just needs to continue to play with that same tenacity and the same um, drive and passion that he's been playing with all year because 
he's uh, he deserves to be the MVP or the defensive player of the year, and he's he's been a ball hawk. He's been a huge tackler. He's been able to you know read defenses and control our defense and um, put people in the right spots to be successful. And I think in order for us to come out on top, he's got to really um, hone that in and, and and do the same things that he's done. Perfect. That was uh, that was great. Thanks for uh, backing up your three X factors for the Vikings. Absolutely. Prediction okay. time. Prediction yep. time. I have to stand by my playoff bracket. I had the Vikings versus the uh, Saints in the championship game, and I had the Saints winning. I mean, they're playing this week, and I hope I'm absolutely wrong, but I'm still going to pick the Saints. And... Um, Score-wise, um, this could be – this is going to be a tough score-wise one. I mean, it would be pretty easy to say, yeah, 20-something to 20-something, but uh, I'm probably going to say that. 20 <laughs> – 29 for the Saints and 26 for the Vikings. Okay. Personally, I think if the Saints are going to win, then they have to. They they won't score that many points, and the and the Vikes' offense will just shut down, which I don't really see that happening. But I'm going to go with the Vikes in this game. Got to go with my gut on the also the playoff brackets. Um, I got the Vikes winning. I'm going to go 24 to 17. 24, 17, Vikes over Saints. The Vikes defense doesn't really give up points at home, so. Oh, home field advantage is big. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I'm so – this game is just going to be – and you know what's awesome is that – I mean, you're obviously going to be off on vacation. Yeah. I yeah. have no work Monday, so if any of you guys saw my tweet, I think I got, <laughs> it got some attention. Uh, <laughs> might have to go pretty hard on Sunday. Um, get ready, sports fans. Get ready, sports get fans. Get ready. Oh, man. We, we're coming. We're bringing it home. <laughs> Whew. Uh, week day by day is just thinking what could happen is just amazing. Times are ticking. Times are ticking. All right. We're All gonna, right let's do let's this. close it out. I'm Kurt Jancher. I'm Brandon. Peace out, sports homies. We'll see you guys. Go Vikes.